Hello! Welcome back. This is part 12 of my recital of the Lotus Sutra. This version, right here, has a lot of typos, but all the words are in it, as far as I know. Um, if this is your first time seeing me, click here instead. That's the whole playlist, and I recommend starting at the beginning with uh, the first part of the Dhammapada recital. That's from Theravada Buddhism. Um, closer to the original teachings of the Buddha. Then, uh, after several hundred years, uh, Mahayana was developed, the philosophy of which is what we're get, getting into. So the people who wrote this were very familiar with uh, the, you know, the words in the Dhammapada, and they make reference to them. And uh, So it's sort of a good idea to start there. Anyway, um, for those of you who have been watching this whole series, you're probably tired of hearing me say that over and over, and I get that. If, uh, if you're here for, definitely here for the Lotus Sutra, though, but you don't want to start at part 12, here's part 1. So, let's get right to it, shall we? If you recall, from the end of part 11, Shariputra was responding to Lord Buddha, and uh, he was saying that this Dharma is hard to accept with faith, it's hard to be received with faith. And we stopped there to go, hmm, all right. So, let's jump right in, shall we? Make sure that we got a good... Yeah, that works. Okay. Oh, the lotus is spinning on its own. All right. Many laws... I'm going to try my best every time I see the word law. I'm going to switch it to dharma because laws, you know, there's like, what, federal law, state law, city law, then there's the laws in the Old Testament. The word law kind of has its own, you know, fluid sort of meaning. Um, dharma can be translated as law, apparently, but... As you may know, Dharma kind of has its own thing and its own definition. So um, this, every word has been translated from Sanskrit to English, except for names of people. Uh, so I'm going to try to do my best to, trans to translate law back into Dharma. So when you hear me say Dharma, know that it doesn't say Dharma here, it says law. If I say Dharmas, plural, it says laws here. So, okay, just FYI. All right. Many dharmas have we heard near the Lord of the world, but never before did we hear a dharma like this. We receive with gratitude, O great hero, the mysterious speech of the great sages, such as this prediction regarding the self-possessed Arya Sariputra. I always think of Game of Thrones when they say Arya. I know that's not what they mean. Anyway, may we also become such incomparable Buddhas in the world who, by mysterious speech, announce supreme Buddha enlightenment. May we also, by the good we have done in this world and in the next, and by our having propitiated the Buddha, be allowed to make a vow for Buddhaship. Thereupon, okay, so that's the end of Shariputra talking. Now we're back to the Lotus Sutra telling us what's going on. 
Thereupon, the venerable Shariputra thus spoke to the Lord. Okay, now Shariputra is going to talk again. <clears throat> My doubt is gone, O Lord. My uncertainty is at an end on hearing from the mouth of the Lord my destiny to supreme enlightenment. But these 1,200 self-controlled disciples, now that means what I'm saying is in parentheses, the translator added it to clarify the meaning, hopefully. Unless the translator was misunderstanding the meaning, right? Okay, anyway. <clears throat> but these 1,200 self-controlled disciples, O Lord, who have been placed by thee on the stage of Saikshas. Not everything was translated into English. Maybe it doesn't have a very good English translation. I don't know. Saikshas. What are Saikshas? Comment below. Have been thus admonished and instructed. Quote. So this is Shariputra presumably quoting the Buddha, I think. Quote. My preaching of the law, O monks, comes to this, that deliverance from birth, decrepitude, disease, and death is inseparably connected with nirvana. End quote. And these 2,000 monks, O Lord, thy disciples, both those who are still under training and adepts, who all of them are free from false views about the soul. Hmm. Uh, false views about existence, false views about cessation of existence. At some point in my life, I'm going to learn Sanskrit so I can know things like what word they translated as soul. That'd be interesting. Free, in short, from all false views who are fancying themselves to have reached the stage of nirvana. Okay, did we lose the meaning in my babbling? <clears throat> These 2,000 monks, O Lord, thy disciples, both those who are still under training and adepts, who all of them are free from false views about the soul, false views about existence, false views about cessation of existence, free, in short, from all false views, who are fancying themselves who, to have reached the stage of nirvana. These have fallen into uncertainty by hearing from the mouth of the Lord this law, which they had not heard before. Okay, Shariputra is still talking. Therefore, O Lord, please speak to these monks to dispel their uneasiness, so that the four classes of the audience, O Lord, may be relieved from their doubt and perplexity. So basically, people who followed the advice of Lord Buddha, I'm going to try to do this in a way that is honest but not disrespectful. Um, the people who followed the instructions of Lord Buddha as they were given when he was alive, those people who attained enlightenment on the path outlined in the Dhammapada, for instance, they may fall into uncertainty hearing these words which were spoken by the Buddha according to whoever wrote the Lotus Sutra uh, because they are different from the words that were spoken by the Buddha when he was actually speaking with a mouth. Okay, that was disrespectful, wasn't it? Ah, I can't do it. Whew. All right. I do my best, you know. Uh, all right, so so the, the people who are confused because they're Theravada Buddhists and they're now hearing Mahayana doctrine 
as if coming from the mouth of the Buddha in a dream or something, um, need some clarification. So Shariputra is asking for that clarification. He's got it. He's going to become enlightened. He's just so happy right now to, to get that news that he's just glowing. But he's talking on behalf of those other monks, the Arhats, they call them in Mahayana. Um, I believe they call them that in Dhammapada too, but it wasn't like a derogatory term. Uh, in, in Mahayana moving forward, there's the Bodhisattvas who are like, they're the ones, you know, the, yeah, the Bodhisattvas. They, they keep reincarnating, you know, the Dalai Lama, like that. Anyway, those Arhats, well, you know, they didn't take the vow of the Bodhisattva. They just followed the Eightfold Path and observed the Four Noble Truths and attained enlightenment as the Buddha taught them to. So, you know, they're like less, a less form of enlightened, according to Mahayana. So, okay, I, I told you in episode eight I wasn't going to do this. I'm trying. <sighs> so, Mahayana. We're going to move into that Mahayana realm where all of this is true. Okay. Lotus, help me. You're very pretty. Help me to... Uh, to observe this as the words of the Buddha, please. Hmm, I don't know. I can set aside, I, I guess they call it suspension of disbelief, right? So I'm suspending my disbelief. I'm not going to be that guy in the movie theater going, oh, they used a green screen for this. Oh, that palace isn't real. That's a model. You know, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to try not to be that guy moving forward. All right? So you've heard everything that I said. Now forget everything I said, and we're just going to accept this as this is literally what the Buddha said. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> On this speech of the Venerable Shariputra, the Lord said to him the following, Have I not told thee before, Shariputra, that the Tathagata preaches the Dharma by able devices, varying directions and indications, fundamental ideas, interpretations with due regard to the different dispositions and inclinations of creatures whose temperaments are so various. So it's kind of like Paul approaching the pagans as opposed to Jesus talking to the disciples. Jesus just said it, and Paul was like, okay, well, it's sort of like, you know, Bridget? I know that's not a historically accurate thing. He was talking to the Greeks and Romans. All right, but that approach... So later on, after Jesus did his thing, uh, people had to convert the Celts using Celtic terminology. So hell, the goddess, had to be redefined as uh, something else. Anyway, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. <clears throat> we'll call this part seven, part two, a.k.a. part 12. You can watch part eight after this to hear me apologize again. All right, I won't make episode 13 an apology, I promise. Uh-huh, all right. To catch the meaning what is taught, okay, but Shariputra, yeah, where are we? Um, mm -hmm. Of creatures whose temperaments are so various. If you're talking to a serpent, it's not gonna be the same, you're not gonna preach the Dharma the same way as if you're talking to a Garuda, right? The Garuda, you might be like, okay, you know how when you eat the serpent, it tastes good, but you don't, you don't talk that way to the serpent because, you know. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, all his preachings of the law have no other end but supreme and perfect enlightenment, for which he is rousing beings to the bodhisattva course. This whole skillful means and different things for different people can get out of hand, though. I mean, some of the scandals that go, go on in some of the uh, modern forms of Vajrayana, and they're like, well, the guru was very inappropriate. And then they ask, you know, some, some head of a lineage in Bhutan, like, was the guru inappropriate? And he was like, well, if he was, then that was skillful means. And, of course, if he, if he was being inappropriate and going against his inner Buddha nature, then, of course, he'll burn in hell. So we don't need to punish him. He's already going to be punished. But, you know, we should keep an open mind that maybe he did those naughty, naughty things because that was the skillful means through which that young lady could be brought to uh, enlightenment. Right? You know? So, I don't know. I, I guess... On this channel, we're going to be approaching this with a little bit of uh, wisdom. Uh, you know, I guess maybe that'll come off as arrogant to people who accept this as dogma. But uh, I guess I, I, I maybe want to check another channel unless you want to be angry at me. In which case, do comment below. Um, I want to like this. I really do. I want to get something good out of this. And as you've seen, if you've seen the whole thing, there are passages that make me stop and go, wow. And then there's other passages that make me kind of go, hmm. All right. Let's do this. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But Shariputra to elucidate this matter more at large, I will tell thee a parable. For men of good understanding will generally readily enough catch the meaning of what is taught under the shape of a parable. Sounds reasonable to me. All right. Let us suppose the following case, Shariputra. In a certain village, town, borough, province, kingdom or capital there was a certain housekeeper old aged decrepit very advanced in years an old geezer no i added that part <clears throat> rich wealthy had a lot of money apparently i added that part opulent he had a great house high spacious built a long time ago and old, inhabited by some two, three, four, or five hundred living beings. The house had but one door and a thatch. Its terraces were tottering. The bases of the pillars were rotten. The coverings and the plaster of the walls loose. On a sudden, the whole house was from every side put in conflagration. Uh, does anybody have a thesaurus? 
uh, by a massive fire. Oh, okay, so it, it, it's not a good thing, probably. Uh, let us suppose that the man had many little boys. Oh, I think, I, I think I've heard this one, but I'll keep reading. I mean, I've heard it from somebody, so it wasn't told like this. It was told in a different way. <clears throat> Say five. Oh, okay. The, yeah, he's going to illustrate skillful means. Sorry. Spoilers, right? Uh, say five, ten, or even twenty. And that he himself had come out of the house. So the house is on fire, right? He's got these little boys. They're in the house. The house is on fire. Not a good thing. Now, Shariputra, this man, on seeing the house from every side, wrapped in a blaze by a great mass of fire, got afraid, frightened, anxious in the mind, and made the following reflection. <clears throat> I myself am able to come out from the, build, from the burning house through the door, quickly and safely, without being touched or scorched by that great mass of fire. But my children... Those young boys are staying in the burning house, playing, amusing, and diverting themselves with all sorts of sports. They do not perceive, nor know, nor understand, nor mind that the house is on fire, and do not get afraid. Oh, it's like that movie, uh, Don't Look Up, a little bit. All right. <clears throat> Though... Uh, Scorched by that great mass of fire. I give it four and a half stars out of five. The half star that's missing, uh, well, I won't waste your time. Okay, uh, though, though scorched by the, that great mass of fire and affected with such a mass of pain, they do not mind the pain, nor do they conceive the idea of escaping. All right, he'll probably explain the parable, so I won't explain it prematurely. This man, Shariputra, is strong, has powerful arms. Uh, and so he makes this reflection. I am strong and have powerful arms. Why? Let me gather all my little boys and take them to my breast uh, to effect their escape from the house. A second reflection then presented itself to his mind. This house has but one opening. The door is shut. And those boys, fickle, unsteady, and childlike as they are, will, it is to be feared, run hither and thither, and come to grief and disaster in this mass of fire. Therefore will I warn them. So resolved, he calls to the boys, Come, my children, the house is burning with a mass of fire. Come, lest ye be burnt in that mass of fire, and come to grief and disaster. But the ignorant boys do not heed the words of him who is their well-wisher. They are not afraid, not alarmed, and feel no misgiving. They do not care, nor fly, nor even know to understand the purport of the word burning. On the contrary, they run hither and thither, walk about, and repeatedly look at their father, all because they are so ignorant. Then the man is going to reflect thus. The house is burning. 
is blazing by a massive fire. It is to be feared that myself as well as my children will come to grief and disaster. Let me therefore, by some skillful means, get the boys out of the house. The man knows the disposition of the boys and has a clear perception of their inclinations. Now these boys happen to have and manifold toys have many and manifold toys to play with. Pretty, nice, pleasant, dear, amusing, precious. Oh, um. The man, knowing the disposition of the boys, says to them, My children, your toys, which are so pretty, precious, and admirable, which you are so loth to miss, which are so various and multifarious, such as bullock carts, goat carts, deer carts, which are so pretty, nice, dear, and precious to you, have all been put by me outside the house door for you to play with. Come, run out, leave the house. To each of you I shall give what he wants. Come soon, come out for the sake of these toys. And the boys, on hearing the names mentioned of such playthings as they like and desire, so agreeable to their taste, so pretty, dear, and delightful, quickly rush out from the burning house with eager effort and great alacrity. Ooh. One having no time to wait for the other, and pushing each other on the way, on, pushing each other on with the cry of, Who shall arrive first, the very first? The man, seeing that his children have safely and happily escaped, and knowing that they are free from danger, goes and sits down in the open air on the square of the village, his heart filled with joy and delight, released from trouble and hindrance, quite at ease. The boys go up to the place where their father is sitting and say, Father! Give us those toys to play with, those bullock carts, goat carts, and deer carts. Then Shariputra, remember it's Lord Buddha giving a parable to Shariputra while everyone else is listening. Then Shariputra, the man gives to his sons, who run swift as the wind, bullock carts only. Made of seven precious substances, provided with benches, hung with a multitude of small bells, lofty, adorned with rare and wondrous jewels. Uh, embellished with jewel wreaths, decorated with garlands of flowers, carpeted with cotton mattresses and woolen coverlets, covered with white cloth and silk having on both sides rosy cushions yoked with white, very fair and fleet bullocks, led by a multitude of men. To each of his children he gives several bullock carts, of one appearance and one kind, provided with flags and swift as the wind. That man does so, Shariputra, because being rich, wealthy, and in possession of many treasures and granaries, he rightly thinks why should I give these boys inferior carts? All these boys being my own children, dear and precious. I have got such great vehicles and ought to treat all the boys equally. 
and without partiality, as I own many treasures and granaries, I could give such great vehicles to all beings. How much more, then, to my own children? Meanwhile, the boys are mounting the vehicles with feelings of astonishment and wonder. Now, Shariputra, what is thy opinion? Has that man made himself guilty of a falsehood by first holding out to his children the prospect of three vehicles? And afterward, giving to each of them the greatest vehicles only, the most magnificent vehicles. Shariputra answered, By no means, Lord, by no means, Sugata. That is not sufficient, O Lord, to qualify the man as a speaker of falsehood, since it only was a skillful device to persuade his children to go out of the burning house and save their lives. Nay, besides recovering, their very body, O Lord, they have received all those toys. If that man, O Lord, had given no single cart, even then he would not have been a speaker of falsehood. For he had previously been meditating on saving the little boys from a great mass of pain by some able device. Even in this case, O Lord, the man would not have been guilty of falsehood and far less now that he, considering his having plenty of treasures, and prompted by no other motive but the love of his children, gives to all, to coax them, vehicles of one kind, and those the greatest vehicles. That man, Lord, is not guilty of falsehood. The venerable Siriputra, according to the typo, uh, having thus spoken, the Lord said to him, very well, very well, Shariputra. Quite so. It is even as thou sayest. So too, Shariputra. The Tathagata is free from all dangers, wholly exempt from all misfortune, despondency, calamity, pain, grief, the thick enveloping dark mist of ignorance. He, the Tathagata, Endowed with Buddha knowledge, forces, absence of hesitation, uncommon properties, and mighty by magical power, is the father of the world who has reached the highest perfection in the knowledge of skillful means. Who is most merciful, long-suffering, benevolent, compassionate? He appears in this triple world, the triple world being past, present, and future. He appears in this triple world, which is like a house, the roof and shelter whereof are decayed, a house burning by a mass of misery, in order to deliver from affection, hatred, and delusion, the beings subject to birth, old age, disease, death, grief, wailing, pain, melancholy, despondency, the dark enveloping mists of ignorance, in order to rouse them to supreme and perfect enlightenment. Interesting that he said all that after he told Shariputra that he was going to be a great Buddha that was worshipped by many in a land where the floor was lapis lazuli with gold thread and jeweled trees. I wonder if there's a connection. All right, anyway. 
la la la. Uh, how, for the sake of enjoyments and prompted by sensual desires, they severally suffer various pains. In consequence, both of what in this world they are seeking and what they have acquired, they will in a future state suffer various pains in hell, in the brute creation, in the realm of Yama. Anyone? Uh, suffer such pains as poverty in the world of gods or men, union with hateful persons or things, and separation from the beloved ones. And whilst incessantly whirling, incessantly whirling in that mass of evils they are sporting, playing, diverting themselves, they do not fear nor dread, nor are they seized with terror. They do not know nor mind. They are not startled, do not try to escape, but are enjoying themselves in that triple world, which is like unto a burning house, and run hither and thither. Hear them out there? Honk, honk. Anyway, uh, though overwhelmed by that mass of evil, they do not conceive the idea that they must beware of it. Under such circumstances, Shariputra, the Tathagata reflects thus, Verily, I am the father of these beings. I must save them from this mass of evil and bestow on them the immense, inconceivable bliss of Buddha knowledge, wherewith they shall sport, play, and divert themselves, wherein they shall find their rest. Then Shariputra, the Tathagata, reflects thus, the Buddha talking. If in the conviction of my possessing the power of knowledge and magical faculties, I manifest to these beings the knowledge, or knowledge, according to the typo, uh, forces and absence of hesitation of the Tathagata without availing myself of some device, these beings will not escape. For they are attached to the pleasures of the five senses, to worldly pleasures. They will not be freed from birth, old age, disease, death, grief, wailing, pain, melancholy, despondency, by which they are burnt, tormented, vexed, distressed. Unless they are forced to leave the triple world, which is like a house, the shelter and roof whereof is in a blaze, how are they to get acquainted with Buddha knowledge? Well, as Machiavelli once said, il fini justifica i mezzi, right? Skillful means. It's a thing. All right. So... That's interesting. Um, I hope you enjoyed, in spite of my, uh, my sidebars, I hope you enjoyed uh, episode 12 of my recital of the Lotus Sutra. And thank you all for tuning in. And as always, I will close with the prayer that my father and I performed daily as I was growing up. <clears throat> 
to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below. We send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.